Motown Rundown. Today is Tuesday, October 18th. Late night for the boys. I just got off the ice in my my beer league hockey team. I'm in fucking bad shape, guys. I really am. I hate to say it. I think Don't I've put lost yourself a bit down. of a step. Who is, I've someone lost has my a, mojo, like Austin Powers. Someone has a great quote about like, don't speak negatively about your body because your body doesn't know the difference. I think it's Muhammad Ali. He's like positive well, energy only. Great. It's not fucking helping me on the ice. I can tell you that for free. I had a bone to pick with our team. And I'm, I might just send this in the group chat, but I'm about oh, to say. Oh, God. Here we go. So we, well, we took, look, everyone likes to complain about ice time that plays beer league hockey for the most part. I'm one of those guys that's like, look, I'm out here to see my buddies and just to get on the ice and play. I don't need to be out here taking like two minute shifts. And like, I got people in the stands coming to watch me. So we took a bit of a heavier roster in the fall. We play like 25 fucking games in the fall. It's crazy. It's like an NHL schedule for the love of God. Wait, how many days a week are you guys playing? Just once, but it's like enough. Once is enough because I I can walk. So you play like a full fucking year? (laughs) Yeah, dude. We play. Our season started in September and we go through April. Like playoffs start in April. That is insane. Yeah, dude. And we already have guys hurt. Like we like it's it's the real deal. But anyways, all I ask every Tuesday when we play is I just throw in the group chat like, hey, guys, I'm the team manager. I'm still hunting guys down for money, which is a different story. Oh, that's the word. But all I ask is like, hey, guys, who's in, who's in, who's out? And, and hand up, I've only made one game this year. I don't know how many we've played. I've only, This isn't the second game I've made because I, I usually am working events on Tuesday. I actually asked to like not be put on Tuesday events going forward so I can make these games. So, and it's like, Hey guys, who's there? I come in the locker room today. The game's at nine. I'm there at eight 40. I'm already like later than I'd like to be there. There's three fucking guys in the locker room. And I'm like, we ended up having 10, which is fine. Cause you can roll two lines, but none of us are in good shape anymore besides a couple guys. So to roll two lines for three periods of hockey is an absolute joke. Like I'm out there fighting for my life. Every shift. keep in mind, no excuses, but I was sick for the last handful of days because I got dominated by the fucking flu shot and I got a toothache from hell right now because my gums are growing over top of my wisdom teeth. So I'm just chewing on my gums for the last three days. I'm fucked up. It sounds I like it helps. Sounds like this is a deeper issue than a little beer league. I'm just I'm just dis, I'm just disappointed in myself because I'm so much better than what I the product I'm putting on the ice right now. And everyone's cool. They're like, dude, you'll get your legs back. Don't worry about it. But it's fucking unacceptable. Our goalie stands on his head every week. We lost like 5-2 today. A bunch of old, like we played guys called the Dad Bods. We are the youngest team in this league by far. We played a team called the Dad Bods. Everyone is legitimately like 35 to 45 years old. And we got dominated. It's unacceptable. I'm not well, happy What's it, it called? My buddy Will, I mean, you guys know Will, Torres hamstring at Reckley basketball last Wednesday. No. Wednesday. Yeah. Dude, well, dude, did didn't he, he there? didn't Will hurt his ankle when we he was on our flag football team football, or something? Yeah, he hurt his finger first game. He's kind of I mean, he's kind of glass to be honest. <laughs> wait, wait, were you were you there when he tore his hamstring? Oh yeah. It was Will the was final it? play of the game we were down 3. We had a set play for full court. Will dribbled it down. Popped mid court. Oh, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. 
I can fucking hear it, dude. I I get it. It was did like it, it, you hear the pop. It was like funny for like five seconds, and then it was like, oh, he's actually like kind of hurt. <laughs> like, did you hear the pop? I didn't hear it pop. It's like partially torn. I don't know. He's out for like two months, so it's oh not. Oh my like... god, dude, that is that is just not like, dude. He's got to like squat down to take a like poop and stuff. Oh my! You should have seen him walking uh, in East Lansing this weekend tailgating. It was hilarious. How but... do you how do you combat that injury? Like, what do you do? I don't know. I think it's just one of those where you start to take it easy and let it heal. I honestly, I think you could take PT if you really wanted to, but yeah, if you just take it easy, you'll be fine. That's amazing. Oh, my God. But it was just like, what's it called? If you're talking about wash, I'm so bad at basketball now. And I never was, like, good at basketball. But, like, you guys have seen me play basketball, like, back in the day. Like, I wasn't terrible. Yeah, you can play. Like, a le- like I-, I could play a little bit. I am a complete – I'm just getting cardio on Wednesdays. Yeah, I think that's what anyone – and I, t- I hate to say our age, like, we're 35. But, I mean, that's what anyone – No, but there's still some guys who are pretty good. I just – with COVID, I I, know, I didn't play pickup for like two years, and now I'm just like complete trash. Yeah, I mean the thing about it too is if you're not if you're not playing regularly, like for me, for example, I haven't played in probably a month was the last game that I made, and it's just it's just not it, it is a recipe for disaster to try to get yourself up off the couch. You come home from I came home from work, I got home from work at six thirty. I crushed a spinach and feta egg white omelet, not a big deal. I took a nap for an hour, and I woke up and I thought it was the next day. And I'm like, "Fuck, I gotta go play hockey right now." And it was just not good. I've got I've got softball playoffs tomorrow night too. By the way, be what, 30, dude? 32 degrees at first pitch. Yeah, fall Did ball. you guys do a fall league or something? Yeah, and I could only make similar thing to this whole hockey thing. I could only make like. There was legitimately five games, and I could only make one of them. So I played in the one that I could make, and the playoffs were supposed to be last week, but I was a little bit sick. So I was like, oh, sorry, guys, I can't make it. It got rained out, so it's tomorrow now. So Jesus. we have that, and then we wrap it up. So I'm – and I, I told you guys last week with my with my illness, you can probably hear it because I'm just stuffed up and I'm just sucking on mucus, but – I, it happens to me every year. I get sick. I got a million things to do. I want to go to state to watch the game. I want to go to the Lions game. I want to do this, that. And I never let myself rest properly. And I'm just like sick in some capacity for two months or so. And that's just how I live. And this is where we're at. And my fucking tooth is killing me. And I have a dentist appointment. I go get my teeth cleaned every six months because I'm not a dirt ass. And I think my appointments on like November first. I might not make it. I you guys should see. I would almost want to open my mouth and show you guys, but it's kind of deep in there. It's fucking yeah, I have another. I have another uh, ism or another quote that I don't even know who to attribute it to. But what is? It's like God gives his hardest challenges to his to toughest his soldiers. Strongest there you go. Soldiers, yeah. Oh well, that's a nice. I've been getting dealt a shit hand as of late with my ailment. <laughs> I, I I hear you, Trent. I'm I'm ready. TV, to rock how are you doing? How are you, Trent? For fuck's sake, enough about us. How are you? Life is good. Rock and roll, baby. I'm in Ludington right now, my favorite place on earth. I am just chilling. Shout are out to Grampy and Granny. Game? Uh, yes, I am. LeBron looks game? old. No. They're, Reeves is getting this like serious of minutes? What's going on? Yeah, I, I really You're don't know. Dude, I, dude I had no idea what the fuck was. They, they The Lakers are rolling out Lonnie Walker the fourth in their starting lineup, so I really yeah, had no idea what I was going to They paid him in the mid-level. 
Oh, Jordan pulled a shuck, Bron. Yeah, I was going to say LeBron just got cooked. Le- LeBron looks a little old, and I hate to say it. I'm not going to doubt him. I got money on him tonight. I may or may mm. not have put a lot of money on him to responsibly. PRA, responsibly 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a problem. I'm good. Life is good, man. I, I don't know what else to tell you. It's a great time of the year. I survived the bye week, which is usually tough for me to do. Um, yeah. Well, I this bye week is the worst bye week ever because Michigan and Michigan State played the next week, and they both have buys. Yeah, so that's, that's true. Wanna, I don't know. I was going to say something very aggressive. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to do a little Michigan State football minute real quick before we get into all of it? What a, what Collins, a, I, it's I a great get-right game. Great get-right oh, no, game. No, no. And- my my – my, my Rabo Riders line in the sand game of the year, and it hit with ease. ease. I will say my only thoughts on my only thoughts on MSU: throw the ball to Jaden Reed, keep it going, run the ball to Elijah Collins, and you might beat Michigan. And last but not least, dude, I this, these are the most insufferable two weeks on Twitter. Like I, I just I, I know can't. it's bad both ways. It, oh, it's horrible! Yeah, on, yeah both ends. Well, I, uh, the thing that's like funny though, I I think this year will be probably a little bit lost because Michigan State sucks, and then Michigan State's kind of been owned by State the last fifteen years, so they're not going to talk. Like they're afraid to talk, even though they're way better than State is this year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it has twenty seventeen yeah. vibes written all over it, man. Night game, seven thirty tip or kickoff. Yeah, so that Michigan State team was like good. So yeah, shout out Felton Davis. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Long time away. They're playing the game at night. I bet it'll be close for a half, and then Michigan will probably figure it out. Michigan's really good. I hate to say it. Like, everyone. Oh, that's the truth. That's the truth. Yes. Michigan's been so overhyped for, like, the past, like, my our whole lifetime that, that I think people are kind of still in that, like, mindset of, like, oh, they're overhyped. Like, if you watch them, you watch that Penn State game, you're like, oh, Michigan's, like, good. Yeah, they don't have a weakness. They don't have a weakness. Their offensive line is, like, legit, like, legit. Like no joke, too legit so. to quit. Yep, they 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 don't really have a weakness. As crazy as it sounds, though, I think they're beatable. I do think they're beatable. I I like I, well, I, I, I no means like, do I think they're in the same class as like Georgia or even Bama or even Tennessee. Uh, shout out Tennessee, by the they're way. They're still in the. They're like in this. Like I would say, like Tennessee, all them. Like I I'm not I'm not at the point where I thought like in the beginning of the year it was like oh they have no shot against Ohio State. Like they probably could beat like the way they run the football. You can play against anyone, um, but at the same time, I, I'm not going to say it's impossible. Michigan State beats them, and I, like, because Michigan State has guys on the outside, and I still don't think their defense is that great. I really don't. Um, Michigan's defense, agree. Yeah, their offense is really good. Their defense is good too. I'm just saying it's not like they got a good pass rush. I, I think you can beat them if you. If there's a game plan, but at the same time, and no one's proven to do it so far, they haven't really played anyone yeah. other than Penn State. I think Penn State's pretty good, though. So people who are like, oh, Penn State stinks now just because Michigan hammered them, I don't really get that logic. But I don't know. I'm excited. Michigan, Michigan State, football and basketball is my favorite thing in the entire world. I love those games. And it, it determines how good or bad my years go. So. <laughs> We should do like a full like we should actually implement that next week into our like we'll preview the Michigan Michigan State game. At that yeah, point, can, I'll already man. convince myself they could win the game. So I hey, was okay. I was absolutely losing my mind watching the Wisconsin game. Dude, I and, when Brantley dropped that interception, 
I legit Rab, so I was like, I can't believe I'm fucking watching this game instead of the Tennessee Bay. I, I was I after was the year after the clock debacle and credit uh, here's here's so one of the big gripes I have with going to games, and I, I I mean I we do this podcast. I love sports more than anything in this world besides like God, my mom, my dad, my brother, my extended family, like you know, whatever, all that kind of stuff, pizza. But for the most part, I, I just really struggle to sit at games because the people that speak around me, I just can't take it. And like, I hate to be a, a, a cocky prick like this, but very few people know more than me when I'm at games and stadiums. So to hear other people around me, like chime in and, and rag on the team or, or call for this or call for that or argue about, I just can't take it. And I'm not someone that gets very animated at games unless I'm just in one, which I was not at this Wisconsin game. I was screaming like I thought that everyone could hear me on the field when the whole I knew the clock was going to be an issue at the end. Like when the the whole in, in Jay Johnson, I've said it since the guy's been here. So credit to me. He's he is fucking awful at his job. Terrible, terrible, terrible play caller and for the whole thing to unfold the way that it did first of all the 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 dylan dylan tatum's his name right that's all of a sudden a cornerback that i thought was a running back the five star out of west bloomfield Bloomfield, it's a defensive back he dropped the one pick that was could have been huge and then we get into the the whole clock thing and i just i can't believe the incompetence of like it's third down. You call timeout. You don't have any timeouts left. You run a sideways play to the line that they always do. It's this, it's Jay Johnson's favorite play, the lateral pass for zero yards. And then and to try to rush the field goal team out to get a snap off, a, a special teams unit that already sucks as far as kicking field goals and extra points. It was just a mess. I wanted to leave right, at the, right then and there. I'm glad I stayed. Because the little like flea flicker ordeal, the read through the pass was awesome. The 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 between that was a Gross great and, catch. On, yes, on, it was on TV. That does not indicate how great of a catch that was. It that was, was awesome, and it was yeah. coming right at Collins and I. Um, and I then, they threw that, and I was like, "Pat." <laughs> when double, Reed threw then, that, I was like, "That's a pet. Then Gross and Brantley both missing the the one of the easiest interceptions of all time to end the game. I fell out of my chair onto the ground. Yeah, it was, I mean, good for them that they stayed in it and won. But I was, I was telling everyone around me, I'm like, if they win this game, there's no cheering. There's no going to the student section. Get your ass off the field and go to the locker room. Cause that was, they should have won that game 15 different times. And it was just, it was so tough to watch. And, I will say, week, but God, was that fucking frustrating. It was frustrating, and Wisconsin's offense kind of sucks, so I don't think this is like – I do think you saw like a couple of guys get healthy. I do think the defense the rest of the year will not be as pedestrian as it was the start of the year. It's still not going to be good, but like I think they'll they'll have moments. And I think putting Widman at middle linebacker was – you kind of found some sort of a spark there, so – and Tatum had strong safety. He actually looked pretty good. Free safety, excuse me. Yeah, but I, I did I was able to look down at the end of the game and see you embracing your friends, Collins. That was a nice moment. Well, I was losing my mind. I was so first of all, the fact that we decided to go to the I I mean, I'll always decide to go to the Michigan State game. It's not like something a hardship that I had to do it, but the fact that I missed probably the best college football game in the last four years just because I 
wanted to watch a yep. three and a two and four Michigan State team versus a three and four Wisconsin team is unbelievable. Well, here's a don't feel too bad about it though, because I watched like it they were happening simultaneously, like the MSU game and the end of that game. So it's like you you if you want to watch even from home, it's like I saw I think I caught the I caught the field goal that won it for Tennessee. That's what you're talking about, of course. And that was yeah. it. So it's not even like you could really watch that game because if you're committed to the MSU game, you can't watch it anyways. Unless you're doing the multi-screen thing. I get it. That's what everyone does. I'll shut up. By the way, uh, yeah, I mean, we can move on because we'll talk about it a lot next week. But the Lakers stink, Trent. Well, I mean, they're down five. It's not like. No, I just I, like. I, I can't believe they're playing some of these guys. Yeah, I, well, dude, they're just yeah, they're not a good team anymore. I saw I saw LeBron and AD are apparently the only two te- the only two guys left from the bubble ring, which is insane. Like that is crazy. It's only three years ago. And shout out Oakland University legend Henrik Nunn. Yeah, he's <laughs> he, yeah for real. Where the bear? Dude, I think Anthony Davis might get a triple double with steals. By the way, dude, he's gonna have a huge year this year, and it's not even gonna matter. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. He's got a chance to tie the game right here. Anyways, Rabs, you want to talk about your Red Wings? Yes, yeah. I would love to. Let's do the the uh, the Motown sports. That's why we are here. Um, we're going to cover all four teams, a couple teams briefly today. But um, as promised from last week, we're going to do a little bit of a Detroit Tigers season wrap up. Uh, the Pistons start their season tomorrow at home against the Orlando yeah, yeah, Magic. So we will do a uh, Pistons season preview and we'll do the picks as the Lions go to take on the Cowboys in Dallas. Um, but first and foremost, the Red Wings are back in action. Um, they've played three games to this point so far. I won't spend too much time on it today because we have other things to get to, but um, it's been fun to watch, man. It really has. We can start with the home opener on Friday night against Montreal. Um, I The Red Wings, for whatever reason, I feel like every other team in the league had played a game before the Red Wings did, which was weird. But nonetheless, uh, they open up at home against the Habs. They win that one 3 nothing. Um, starting weird that, game, by the way. Very it weird was, game. It was, that was a very strange game, I will say that. I don't I don't consume a bunch of hockey either, but I'm sitting there waiting for – I'm waiting for the good part, as they say. And I'm like, I'm like yeah. maybe I should, like, go take a <laughs> shit, and then there will be a goal or something. It was legit, like, the Wings <laughs> the first 10 minutes of the game. It's like, oh, they might win, like, 5 to nothing, and then they didn't do anything for about, like, 20 minutes, and then they figured it out. Well, you see the whole stat, and, Rabs, I'm sure you'll get to all this, but they, they shot 25 shots in the first period, and you just – it's like they're possessing the puck like a motherfucker, and they just can't put it in. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a really, really impressive start for them which is is really promising to see obviously having fresh legs with that being the first game of the year Montreal had already played a game previously against Toronto before they came in so um but as you said Trent I mean that was the story for me for for a Red Wings team that really struggled to um maintain time of possession last season um and spent a ton of time in their own zone they were on the attack early and often um, I don't know what the shots were from the first period as far as what Montreal had shot totals, but they got dominated. It was like and 25 to eight. I think it was, it was awesome. And the shots ended up being 40 to 29. And I don't even know the last time the Red Wings had 40 shots in the game, but um, we don't have any scoring until the third period with Elmer Soderblom. I mean, you know, to, to have the, the rookie get his first one and on opening night was, was awesome. And then you get the two. Did you from... see he was favored to yes. first score. 
Was Isn't he that really? insane? Yes, he was the number Dude, one that's, guy. That is like the craziest thing I've ever seen. That's unbelievable. Well, also, good, Rabs, good you were Vegas. Rabs, of course, you were there, but um they interviewed his parents like two minutes before he scored, too. It was wild. I heard, I heard that they that they did that. Um, but good for him, man. I mean, I I think that everyone and I don't I don't want to jump, you know, jump ship too quick as far as like, oh my god, you know, he's he's next, he's next, next, whatever. Because you know, given his given his size and in skating wise, he does he looks like he fits in. He really does. I and mean, his skating's gotten a lot better. The most impressive thing about him, given his size, is just how good his hands are. Um, but you can you can see right away the element that he adds to to all three zones. Really, I mean, primarily the offensive and defensive zone of just how useful it is to have a guy that's so long that can can break up plays as he's covering the point on defense and. It just his reach in the corners and and it's 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 really awesome to watch. But um, he breaks the scoring open early in the third. Then Rasmussen and on Auli Mata uh, at empty netters. But um, the story of the game for me, truly, Billy Huso. I mean, what a what a way to start his career as a Red Wing, getting the shutout. Um, but just a just a really really awesome environment and, and great to have hockey back. And I, I think that in, in a in a truly Although the scoreboard didn't reflect it, I thought it was a truly dominating performance that the Red Wings put on. Um, I actually liked what I saw out of the power play early on in the game. I know that it's it's still frustrating to fans to like not see that maybe clicking as much as you'd like, but um, the addition of David Perron and I can you know I, I can kind of roll this into the next couple games. Um, so the next game they play New Jersey, they go back to back, they beat up on New Jersey five to two. Um, I think Perron has a goal on this game. Uh, yes, he does. Um, he had the third goal for the Wings uh, on that 5-2 to two win. The addition of David Perron and just to have him on the power play, and, and you saw it last night against the Kings of just his – he has a wicked shot and is is so lethal where, where they kind of put him in like Ovi's house um, that obviously Alex Ovechkin's made famous on the power play, like right at the top of the circle. Um, lethal shot, adds, adds a, a nice – a nice scoring threat to that power play. And I think that in due time and the power play lines were really strange last night because you didn't have Jacob Vrana. Um, you also didn't have Tyler Bertuzzi who you're going to miss for about a month and a half. Um, so they're trying to play around with those lines. I would love to see Soderblom get some time on that first unit um, and just stand in front of the net and, and, and take up space. Um, but nonetheless, I guess in, in totality, the, the, the New Jersey game, I didn't get to watch really much of any of it just because I was at the state game, um, they got beat up a bit on shots. I mean, 39 to 22. And, and, and that to me, like the, so it's, it's the tail. It's, it's two different tales of this team from, from night one to night two of, you know, night one, they, they're, they're aggressive. They're controlling pace. They, they're out shooting their opponents big time. And you know, they ended up finding some offense and just kind of grinding it out night two. I mean, they only put up 22 shots. They score five goals. And Ned stands on his head, only allowing two goals on 39 shots. So I think that just goes to show that the cop, the complimentary brand of hockey that they're able to play now, given their depth and the pieces that they've added. And then you go back to, uh, to last night against the Kings, you take that one to overtime, you lose that one, five to four. Um, Huso gets the nod again, which I Billy Huso is in, you know, I, I know that there are, there's probably a camp out there that may be like, Oh, well, why didn't he play against the devils? Look, it's early in the year you have two solid goalies. You got to play them both early and get them some action. You don't want to burn anyone out too quick, but um, Huso gets the nod. The biggest thing for the wings here 
And it seems like they've been doing this for the last four years. When, when they find the back of the net, it seems like they get scored on immediately and let teams hang around like that. And then I don't know what it is. Like if they just, they just fall asleep after they put the puck in the net or, or what the deal is. But that was kind of the story of this game. And it felt like every time the wings started to find a rhythm, the Kings would answer immediately. And, 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 but just the resilience of the team to take this game down to the wire and the, the Larkin play, the Larkin back check on Victor Arvidsson, who I don't even I don't even know what was going through Arvidsson's head of why he didn't put that puck in sooner. But if you haven't seen it, go find it on Twitter of the Larkin back check late in the game in the third period. Uh, Arvidsson beats Heronic, snaps his ankles, and has a wide open empty net, and Larkin comes from out of nowhere, um, breaks the play up with a sliding back check. They go down a couple you know seconds, minutes later. Uh, Oscar Sundquist ties the game up. They lose in overtime. Um, which is tough, but uh, to get a point out of that game and to have five points in your first three games for this team is is awesome. The energy's been great in the arena for the first two home games of the year, um, and I and I like what I've seen. And we can you know talk more about it in depth as the season goes on and we get more of a a bigger picture of this team. But it's it's a more complete team. They're a lot deeper. Um, you can you can just you can just feel that they play a little bit harder too with a little bit more edge to their game. They don't spend as much time in their own zone, which is great. Um, and they've got some really awesome players to watch, man. Like Andrew Kopp um, with a couple assists on the year already. Perron's got a couple of goals. Um, Dylan Larkins looked really good. They got to find out. They got to figure out what they're going to do on that top line now um, it, with, with Bertuzzi out for a while. But, um, you know, it's it's been fun to watch. And they're back in action on Sunday against the uh, Anaheim Ducks, I think. I don't think they play until – I could be completely wrong. I think I am wrong. I'm out looking through the game. Oh, you're correct. They play on Friday. Friday? Oh, yeah. yeah, they're right. They're in Chicago on Friday, then at home on Sunday against against the Ducks, and I'll be at that game. So um, good stuff so far. If you guys want to jump on, on board, by all means, but um, we can move into the Tigers if we got nothing else to do. Nude, I just I, – I, I think it's worth mentioning that, you know, I'm not a huge hockey guy, but I'll say I've that this team is really fun to watch. And the Larkin play – literally got it got you a point that's what that was it did absolutely that's how that's how big of a deal that was and yeah so i that that's my only thought like rabs you you break it down perfect you're you're like the dan orlovsky of hockey (laughs) the all the all 22 uh you do a great job breaking it down but i've I've watched every game so far i can't wait till friday they're they're pretty fun to put money on too i will say that but i'm not you know i'm not (laughs) i'm not a degenerate so i'm not responsibly yes what can i say one thing about the wings that i thought I really was impressed with with all three games mm-hmm. that I watched and I watched what's it called even though even I was at the state game when I got back I watched the th- second and third period of that devil's game at a bar um I really like the way their defense has played so far and I yeah. and, and they weren't particularly I mean awesome but that was like a I don't know coming off two what are they playing three and four nights like, yeah, uh, that that should be tough, and they found a way to get a point there in a game I didn't particularly think they played great in. I've been impressed with the defense. I don't even think Cider's played very well in these three games either. It's not like Cider's dominated these games. I thought he was actually pretty shaky in that first game for his standards. So I, that's what I've seen with the defense. So that's something yeah. that you can be positive about. For sure. And it's, Hey, it's, it's not, it's not time to hang the banner yet. Cause they've played 
I mean, Montreal is going to finish at the bottom of the league. Um, New Jersey's a, a, a crapshoot, but in, in LA's LA's kind of found their identity now. They were in a very, very similar spot as the Wings with the rebuild, and they they might be maybe like a half a step ahead, but um, but they they should they should really like Chicago, like they should beat the shit out of them whenever they like they play them. I think twice this year. Those should be two. I mean, they should beat up on the team they should beat up on. That's you know, and I I think that they're buttoned up and and whatever we can we can table this for another time because we do want to wrap up the tiger season um you know it's it's been a while since the tigers have have been on the field and i know that with with everything going on in detroit right now with with the the wings being back and the pistons and and the lions are in full swing i I know that this that the tigers don't really have much juice to talk about i don't know how much time you want to spend on it but we i think we do owe at least a bit of a season recap I went uh, back Tigers. and listened to our season preview. Did you? I don't want to. Please. That was that was brutal. Ooh. I was I was gonna write down some quotes of all three of us, I, just like terrible takes we you had. You should have. You should have. I, think well, I, I didn't told. want to expose us. Oh, listen, everyone had. Them I have some them. really bad takes in that. Everyone had them going over on the win total. Collins, you said if they win seventy eight games, that's a massive failure. Uh, and they well, obviously boy, did they fail by Collins standards. Well, it was a massive failure this yes. year. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was, <laughs> it was, but Collins, I was dying. Cause you were like, people forget this roster has Jonathan scope on it. <laughs> and that's just, you know, that age, like know. it wasn't your yeah, fault. I, I mean, we were all, that. yeah, hey, it's we like goodwill hunting. It's not your fault. Collins It's not your fault. No, because Jonathan scope underperformed by a mile, but I'm just, Guess what? His man, it was of analytics were really good this oh, year. Oh, great, dude. Great, thanks. Well, because um, we got him for another two, right? <laughs> they extended yeah. him. Yeah. Um, the Tigers finished sixty-six and ninety-six this year. That's good for fourth in the AL Central. Um, a whopping minus one hundred and fifty-six run differential for this team. Um, yeah, I don't know, guys. I mean, I, I think that the, the big takeaway from this is is the the move that needed to be made with Alavila being fired was made. And I don't want to say that it makes this season any better, but if we're, if we were sitting here talking about this team with Alavila still at the helm and no changes being made so far, it would be a completely different narrative and tone of this, of this, of this conversation. Yeah. I mean, we would just spend the whole 10 minutes or whatever we're going to spend on it calling for Avila's job, but yeah. And we, and we did the whole Scott Harris thing. We analyzed it. We, we, we talked about it. Um, and all I can really say about that is I'm optimistic. I think he comes from a really buttoned up organization in the San Francisco Giants. He's he had success there last year with a team that won over 100 games. He took a bit of a step back this year, but comes very, very highly regarded. So I, as far as takeaways from the year, I mean, you know what? You know how I want to approach this? This is how I want to ask you guys. I don't know if you guys heard the thing that somewhat went viral of when Shep and Petrie and them were talking on, on Bally sports about this team. And and there were two schools of thought. I think in Dan Petrie's eyes, he doesn't think that this roster is where it needs to be to compete. And his whole thing was about, you got to look at who you have. You got to make some decisions on some guys and move some pieces around and find some real ball players. And Matt Shepard was on the other side of things of saying like, no, this is, they have players. They just need to compete and win with this group. And it was very polarizing, I think. And, and I think a lot of people took Shep's side. I completely dis- disagree 
with Matt Shepard. And I am, I think it was almost disrespectful that he agreed with Dan Petrie as a guy that actually played the game professionally for the Tigers. But in my eyes, you, we learned a lot about a lot of different guys this season. And the bottom line for me is they do not have nearly the talent they need to compete seriously. The pitching was strong this year. You, you got dealt a shit hand with Manning was banged up. Mize is done for a while. You didn't have Turnbull. Uh, no, Scoobles uh, out till like mid-year next year, which I had Sco- no idea. Scoobles done. Um, Rodriguez was missing for a while. So all these things, you got dealt a shit hand with the starting pitching. The bullpen showed some promise. You have some nice pieces there. Jimenez takes a step. Lang takes a step. Soto is whatever. Um, but but Chafin was was pretty nice this year too. Um, but the bottom line is you, you watch these teams that play in the postseason that just mash the baseball. They get runners on. They move runners. They hit. Hitting's contagious. They play good defense. And the Tigers have none of it. And to me, that is job number one for Scott Harris is fresh eyes on this team. Let's see what he thinks about who they have in the organization. And you have to find a way to get some real legitimate ball players. And, and if we really want to diagnose it and get into what needs to change and all that, I mean, I guess we can, but I don't, I want to turn it over to you guys. So I'm not talking about this for an hour, but. Well, I, I just, know. I think Thoughts that's a different, you're right. The diagnosis and all that, that's a different story for another day. Cause then we're talking about next year, but just in terms of what we saw on the diamond for the tigers, every, it was extremely underwhelming. They underperformed by every stretch of the imagination. However, I will say this, like you said, Rabs, they got dealt a shit hand in terms of the starting pitching. They were also they also basically traded Isak Paredes for nothing because you didn't have Austin Meadows for basically the entire year. There was there was no stability in terms of guys make, making any sort of like continuous jump from last year to this year. Akil Badu, Jamer Candelario, Jonathan Scope, all those guys took steps back. Javi Baez. I actually think we'll be just fine. It's just his there's a magnifying glass and a guy like that because the team is so bad and everyone was, you know, it was, it was just, it was woeful that in, in a word, it was woeful this year with the tigers. And I expect them. I, I, I am more on the, the side of Matt Shepard to be completely honest with you, given the injuries and all that. I know that you're going to be struggling next, you know, you're going to have th- this off season will be interesting. And I guess what all I'm trying to say is I'm, I'm glad that we're taking this interesting offseason with Scott Harris and not running it back with Alavila. TV, to your point about Javi, I'm going to give him another year, but he was terrible this year. Um, he ended up like with their best like hitting averages at the end of the year, which is kind of funny. He had the but best think, hitting everything. Yeah, it's like – But I he don't... was terrible in the field, like yeah. absolutely terrible. Which you would like, think would be the exact opposite. Which was one of the reasons why he brought in a legit store like shortstop. Well, he would make the great play, but I mean that's Javi being Javi. And a lot of times when guys come out of those contract years, they can struggle and they lack motivation in the offseason. So we'll see how he comes back. Because I could see him having a big year next year. Um, at least having a better year. I mean, he is so undisciplined at the plate. Like it is and I'm not asking him to change, but you have to have more production. No, he needs it. He needs to change. Actually, no, 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 no. He can do that if you hit thirty-five bombs. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it, it either way, you change your approach and become a different player, or you just 
you become the guy that you were in Chicago. So, because he was like this in Chicago, he was this undisciplined, but he was he, he was still raking. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, it sounds like Hinch is going to be around for another year or two, which I was kind of surprised. I, to be honest, I thought there was one point of the year where he was done. You know what I mean? The way the vibe was after they fired Avila, but it seems like ownership really trusts Hinch, which, I, I mean, I don't know what you feel like. I mean, I, I, to be honest, my opinion on Hinch is no longer like this guy's a baseball genius. I'm like, he's all right. You know what I mean? Like, I, I have no strong positive or negative feelings toward Hinch. So we'll see what they look like next year. Um, The thing about pitching, when you look towards next year in this offseason, I think they're going to have to sign a starting pitcher in the offseason. Like, a hundred, like if you look at the rot, all those young pitchers are hurt. Struble's not coming back, I guess, till like, I heard someone say July. I didn't realize he was that hurt. Me either. I, I saw Tassilani tweet that, and I was like, what? I thought it was like a precautionary thing. Mize will probably be done for the whole year. You're going to get Turnbull back off Tommy John, so you never know what that's going to look like. Um, I think Fiedo's injury was not serious. I think he should be back, I thought. Wasn't that like a... I want to say a neck injury. The bottom line, Colin, yeah, he was out for a they, while. Eh? They're, they're going to have to sign one pitcher at least. Yeah, they're going to have to sign another guy in free agency. And then Erod, I mean, he didn't pitch for forever. There's personal reasons. So Erod, everything will be fine. that could yeah. go wrong for this team went wrong. But at the same time, the most exciting part of this season was supposed to be Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green. And one of those guys, Spencer Torkelson, didn't really hold his end to the bargain because I, I, I think we saw it Riley Green. And I, I mean we've been saying it for I I've been saying it for like a year and a half that Riley Green's better than Spencer Torkelson. He did and, and you you showed it this year. So Yeah, you um, were a prophet on that one. You were a prophet. Well I watched all those Toledo games last year and I'm like he's better than Torque. And I'm not giving up on Torque. He's just the idea of Torque being this like power hitter and whatever I don't think that's if he becomes a good MLB ball player, that's just not who he's going to become. I think he's going to be a guy who hits for average, drives in a lot of runs, which is still a guy. But, like, when he was touted, so he's this guy who could go hit at, like, 30 and still bat. You know what I mean? He's not – I don't think he's going to be that productive of a power hitter. I think he's a guy who drives in runs and hits for average, which is fine with me. Um, I don't know. I don't know what this team does this offseason. It sounds like they're going to be pretty aggressive. I – it doesn't sound like um, – I think Miggy was a question if they were going to, like, just kind of let him play next year because as much as I love Miggy, he legit physically did not look able to play at the end of this year. I was shocked that he didn't retire. So – I would like Miggy to be locked inside a cryo chamber for the next, like, six months and, like, just roll him back out in May. Well, hold on. What did Miggy hit this year, like 220? He, he was he was for good like for a while. Games, he was good for no, a while. No, I know, yeah, Rabs. He was at like two seventy, I think, until like the All Star break, and then it came down a bit. But I, my my thing is, I, I want everyone to calm down on the Miggy thing, just because that I understand that he people didn't look are, like he can move, Trent. That no, I know, problem. I know, I know, I know. But I, I understand that people are also frustrated given the money that he's getting paid. Well, you got to endure it for one more year, and guess what? I don't care he, about the money. Well, I like, I legit don't think he like. 
This year, like you saw moments where he was in a DH where like, oh, he can give you some production. I don't think he's gonna be playable next year. I really don't. Which well, it's I, I, all I'm saying is maybe we have to get rid of this idea that he has to bat fourth every day. And Rabs, I think you would agree. Like if if he's gonna hit 230, 240, there's still a spot for him, I guess. And and like the let him hit seventh or eighth. Let's yeah, try dude, something he, he different. Can't, he cannot hit fourth anymore. And I don't know why yeah. he was doing it this year, last year. I mean, it's amazing. I know they don't I have don't any know. players, but yeah. The thing I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying if Miggy's able to hit like he did this year, which I understand. Collins, I get your point. I'm just saying, like, if he's no, I I if he comes back motivated and he's healthy and he looks like he was the first half of the year, there's a spot on his roster for the DH for one more year. And guess what? I hope he has a swan song. I, I I'll pay all the money in the world to go see his last game at Comerica. Love me. He's probably the best athlete I've ever seen in one of my team's jerseys. And I don't think it's remotely close in our time. Yeah, not for us. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously, he's probably the greatest right-handed hitter in our gen- like for the generation of baseball he played in. And people want to say Albert Pujols, the generation Miggy played in was, I would sort of in the same like thing as Pujols, but I would categorize it. De- you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Pujols was like early 2000s. Miggy was like, from 2010 to like 2007, I mean 2017 was legit when he was healthy. On like you couldn't get him out, so I I don't know. I hope it ends well. I I think they're gonna. I'm shocked they haven't like DFA'd scope or do stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I wonder if they make any trades. I wonder if they do anything flashy. I wonder if they try and get off the Erod deal because it's really not that expensive. If they really wanted to get off it, I wouldn't. I actually think Erod it can be a productive pitcher. Yeah, I, I think he'll be fine. I think he struggled to find a rhythm this year, and he'll be he'll just be okay. I, he that they, was just like Harris. Harris Harris says he's gonna be aggressive. I don't. I think with this roster, you just let it play out one more like until the All Star break next year, and you just move it. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. You just move everyone. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll be, I mean, year. we'll be we'll be looking forward to next year, and obviously throughout this offseason, we'll bring the people plenty of updates if the Tigers are active and as aggressive as expected. So I don't know if I said this on this podcast, but I, I vividly believe this. The Tigers not going after Justin Verlander was one of the dumbest fucking things ever. Well, didn't they – Didn't weren't they gonna, and then he wanted too much they money? Didn't even, they, he, he said they didn't even reach out. It's crazy okay. to me. Okay, well then, yeah, I can't defend that. That's ridiculous. They went to his like workout and they're like, "Oh, I've the, got the Astros gave him twenty million. That's too much for two years." I can't. I oh, know. does he have one more year with Houston? Yeah, and then he has an oh. opt out. Yeah, he has an opt out, and he's definitely going to opt out and get all the money he can. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know if the Tiger. I mean, he pitched so well. I don't know if the Tigers want to put that much his money. His ERA one seven. I could see the Astros being on. a player for DeGrom. What? I could see the Astros being a player for DeGrom and letting Verlander walk. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, DeGrom's like 34, too, so he's pretty old. And DeGrom actually, I mean, I think JV's, what, been hurt like twice in his career? Yeah, DeGrom's always hurt. Yeah, like JV's like, not on wood, because he's like yeah. probably my favorite Detroit Tiger ever, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's pretty good for the Tigers preview. We just, yeah, I think I'm... we've talked about them enough and we've talked about what their problems were. 
I, it's kind of funny that we just tabled them and like when, when it hit like early yeah, August. Like, yeah, dude, we'll get to them later. When we hit, when we, it hit early August, you're like, dude, we're done with, we're done talking about this team on the show. Like, I just think what's all my big evaluation is I think the position players are going to look a lot similar than we saw this year. I would just be curious to who's in the pitching staff at the start of the year. And that's what I'm looking forward to as this then. Yeah. And if they can on. put, if they can put together any timely hitting whatsoever, they fired the entire yeah. hitting. Yeah. Yeah. Good things I on the horizon. This, at the end of the year, only positive sign was like Kerry Carpenter, I think actually could be like a rotational guy, I guess. Brennan Bosch? Not Brennan Bosch. I, I don't know. He showed any left-handed hitter who has like some sort of opposite field power. I like, I'm like, okay, this guy could actually be pretty solid. So I don't know. Why not? Hopefully. All right. I'm Tigers. I'm Tigers out. So yeah, we'll move on. Um, a little bit more positive note here. Um, the last season preview we have to do for the year, Detroit Pistons. They will take Fuck on the yeah. Orlando Magic at home tomorrow night on uh, Wednesday at Little Caesars Arena. Um, some pretty exciting buzz. I think everyone's excited to see the Pistons this year um, with, with Jaden Ivey and year two of Cade Cunningham and, um, you know, all that all that good stuff. It sounds like or it feels Babs, like it's in the right direction. Tomorrow? I think it's close. I don't think it's, I don't think it's officially sold out, but it is. It is close. It's seventeen to eighteen five. I think is the number that I saw on our synopsis. Um, I'm sure it'll be close to sold out come game time. Um, Wednesday's a tough day, you know, but um, but nonetheless, I mean, it's it's exciting. I think you know, it's a to have I the home opener. Grabs that tickets exciting. went up by thirty three percent for a lot of season ticket holders. Really? Yeah, I don't. I, I'm just I'm saying that sure. means there's got to be more demand for them, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, it's it's you know the basketball camp in in Detroit is excited about the team. Um, the teal jerseys are exciting, and, and you know I think Jaden Ivey and what you've seen from him so far brings an extra element of excitement to this team. So um, I'll spin it over to you guys for the season preview. Um, I'm looking forward to watching them a bit this year. I don't know what the, my biggest question to you guys that I, that I think you'll, you'll get to in some capacity in your preview is um, there seems to still be a bit of a split camp of this team so far away that it, it might be worth, I mean, they're obviously going to compete, but it's not the worst thing in the world. If they're bad again this year, like if they're going to try to tank or or if they're, you know, if, they, if they're expected to make a play in game. Like I'm curious as to what your expectations are and what you think the plan is. I'd also like to hear your guys' thoughts on Dwayne Casey. Cause I feel like the guy's been here. It feels like for like a decade and I don't think they really, I mean, it, it's, it's been a tough watch and, and I guess, you know, to give to his credit, I defended Jeff Blashill all the time about where the team was at and, and why the, the, the coach was the right guy at the right time. And maybe you guys feel like Dwayne Casey still, the right guy here given where this team is but i'd love to hear what your guys thoughts are on on how long he has left here because i win at some point i don't think trent likes doing casey so no i do i think he's I, I i just think that's a guy that you brought over let's not forget he was the coach of the year with the raptors you brought him in to coach andre drummond blake griffin reggie jackson Derek rose like that's the group that they had that they thought they could compete in the east with obviously didn't happen now he's embraced the young guys, but I do think I have I Collins, I got like a whole thing. I don't know if you want me to just run through it and then you can yeah, go I, ahead. I mean, I want you to jump in, of course. I will. But, I, you know but I, I will. 
Well, I put in here that I, you know, I think that if the, if the Pistons don't win 30 games, 29 and a half is the Vegas over under, if they don't win 30, I think he's gone. And if they're not competitive by Christmas, I think he's on the hot seat at least. So to maybe be fired in season. Um, but well, okay. So the Pistons preseason, if we can back up here a little bit, they went 0 four. I don't put any stock in the NBA preseason. Never do. I did watch all four games. Um, but I don't have a ton for you. I'll, I'll give you a little bit about what I saw, but it's just glorified pickup. The biggest takeaway from preseason was Marvin Bagley's injury. He's out three to four weeks. When he comes back, he should be starting at the four. At the very least, he'll be your sixth man. But here's your rotation, in my opinion. And Collins, let me know if you object to any of this. But obviously, Cade starts at point every single night. Jaden Ivey at shooting guard every single night. Sadiq Bay at the three every single night. That is bar none. Those three, that I mean, that's inarguable. Then at the four, to start the year, it's going to be Bojan Bogdanovich, who you brought over. Great pickup. And then I think Beef Stew as the center locked up. Now, as far as your sixth man goes, uh, I think Killian Hayes has really, really, really embraced this third guard role. And I think, you know, he's kind of got that, like, I, I am always one to compare modern Pistons teams to the bad boys, even though they never are, you know, they haven't been of that caliber my entire life, but. Uh, he, he's embraced that Vinnie Johnson type role. I think he's going to play 25 minutes a game and come off the bench and, and, and be like a real, a real threat for you. Uh, he had a pretty good preseason, although I just, you know, talked about how I don't put stock into that neither here nor there. Jalen Duran is your seventh man, Hammy Diallo, eighth man, Isaiah livers and Corey Joseph kind of round out the guys who are going to play as far as Bagley goes when he's healthy, it's looking like mid November. He instantly becomes your sixth man or starts at the four. I think he's Cade's primary lob threat of all the guys on the team. That could be Duran by the end of the season. Collins, I know I'm a little higher on Duran than you are, but Marvin Bagley. I like averaged... Duran. I just think he's a project. I think he's a take some time. Yeah, he might be. That's a fit. That's a fair take. I just like I, I I like his rebounding ability. I like his nose for the ball, and then he's he has size, which is something that Beef Stew doesn't really have. So I I, I want to see how those guys work together. Um. But anyways, last thing on Bagley, he averaged 15 points a game with the Pistons last season in the 18 games he played. So that's some production you're, you're going to be missing here for the first month. The good news is I think the Pistons legitimately have a chance to start 3-0. and I'll get to that in a second here. Corey Joseph, Rodney Magruder, Alec Burks, those are all kind of just your veteran guards on the roster. Nerlens Noel is actually not bad, by the way. Oh, yeah. No, I think he they, they've been talking about how he might like actually get minutes. Well, he's he should. He's I mean, Corey Joseph's going to actually get minutes. Yeah, and those guys, I, I guess my thing is, in back-to-back years, you've now taken a guard in the top five. So I, I hope that most I, – I hope okay, my hope is that Cade or Killian is running the offense at all times. Now, obviously, Corey Joseph's going to get his minutes. I know that. but uh, so, so in a perfect world, I'm, I'm just thinking unrealistically. But I, 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 under, I understand you got to put a rotation together. At some point, you got to have some vets in there. So I, I understand. Now – this is where it gets interesting. Nerland's Noel returned to practice this morning. I think he'll be in the rotation, but I don't care to see him there because I think between Bogdanovich, Stewart, Duran, and even Bay and Livers can play small ball four. I think for 48 minutes of basketball, you've got your, your rotation set there. Collins, do you have any thoughts on Noel? I think Noel will probably be your second big man. And I think Duran, I'm fine with giving Duran minutes. I just think he, as physically imposing and as athletic as he is, and I think he could be a really good NBA player. It's I just think it's gonna take some time with him. So I, I, I think there'll be moments where he plays a lot and there'll be moments where he doesn't. I think Noel 
they made that move in with it in mind that Noel, I think, would play some minutes, especially with Badly out. Know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're so, all, they're all... I, 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 and they avoided a bad Badly injury. So, I mean, is what it is. Um, The only thing I took from the preseason, I watched two games. They need to stop taking the ball out of Cade's hands. I no, I agree. I think that that's why the Jaden Ivy pick has always scared me because I think I think Ivy, when he's out there, they try to give him, they try to feed him a little bit too much, and I think Cade has to Cade Cade needs the ball like ninety percent of the offensive sets that he's on the floor. He needs to touch the ball like a lot. Like his well, his usage rate should be legitimately like top ten in the, the whole league, given this given where this team is at and what kind of talent he is. His usage rate should be through the roof. The thing, it's not even that he needs the ball all the time. It's there's like a lot of time where it's like we're just gonna put him in a corner and put him in off ball. Like that's fine every once in a while. Let's just I don't want to see that as a trend. And Jay Nivey, I'm gonna say this to people, he's gonna do some things this year. You're gonna be like, holy shit, this guy is athletic. This guy is gonna be a star. And then there's gonna be times like this guy sucks. So yeah, and that's the, the advantage good. of being a Big Ten basketball fan. Yeah, yeah. You take the good with the bad. I think I what I've seen with Ivy, he physically looks like he's not ready, but know what I mean? Like he is, he belongs. Know what well, I his mean? his style of play is just what concerns me. I, yes, I have no questions about his body and his his. I mean, even his toughness. I mean, playing in the Big Ten, I don't mean to like prop up the Big Ten like it's some sort of like juggernaut league, but. It's just built on, you know, hard knocks. And I just think I, I think I think Ivy's ready to play. I just am a little concerned that he's gonna do the, you know, run with a full head of steam at the hoop, throw the ball up, try to get a whistle deal a little too much. Uh, but whatever, Collins, I, I I think you hit the nail on the head. Ivy is gonna be frustrating at times, but you're gonna have to live with it because he's gonna make some spectacular plays. And and his jump shot, I it's not gonna be there for a couple of years, I don't think. I would compare Jaden Ivey to the Javi Baez of this Pistons team. So I, he's your new addition who might piss some people off, but ultimately he's going to be one of your better players and you're just going to have to live with him. But if we keep moving on, Collins, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Kevin Knox. I don't, I have no idea. What I have doing. a lot of Kevin Knox like draft stock. I will say that. I used to, like, I really did like Kevin Knox, but I don't know how many minutes he's like he's one of those guys, Trent, that I liked in the draft, and then I think the last three years, if you look at analytics, he's been one of the worst players that plays in the NBA. Well, yeah. So he, for those who don't know, he obviously went top ten in twenty nineteen to the Knicks. He's and awesome at Kentucky. He most recently, Kentucky. most recently last season, he played six and a half minutes a game for Atlanta. So if it works, great. Uh, he had a pretty good preseason game against the Grizzlies. He had like thirteen points. If it doesn't work, there is no blood. But I just remember that move was kind of odd. Buddy Bayheim, Braxton Key, whatever. They're the G Leaguers. They round out your 17. Um, as far as the I, spread, go for it. Sorry. Um I'll go the for only it. other thing I want to say with the Pistons is I think there's gonna be a, I did the thing that Rap says, like, oh, should this team tank? I just don't think they're going to. I think they're firm not and like if they say something happens and God forbid like Cade gets hurt or uh, maybe Sadiq gets hurt. And this team maybe takes a downturn. Then I think Rabs that they're like, fuck it. We're in the one beyond a sweet state. So it's mine as well. We might as well. Know what I mean? Like yeah. if they find themselves in that situation. Yeah, if you're if you're forced, if your hand is forced to do that, then sure. They're gonna try until the all-star break. So I don't think they're in there's gonna be certain teams in the NBA that are I don't San Antonio might not win 15 games this year. 
Oh my so gosh! Close. Did you see what Pop said? Yeah. So, so San Antonio is gonna be terrible. Utah is gonna be terrible. The Pacers, once they get rid of Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, are gonna be awful. The Magic, so, the Wizards, the Rockets, the Kings. No, I yeah, I but the Magic. The Magic Wizards, Rockets, and Pistons all have like talent, and I actually think they're trying to win at some point. Sure, and that, that's that's why to your point, Collins. Like I think they are going to try till the All Star break, and that's why if they're not competitive and they're not sniffing that thirty win mark, Dwayne Casey's going to be on the hot seat. Just because, and it's not really going to be his fault. It's just going to be like good riddance, dude. We're going to have to bring in a younger guy to to, to coach up these. You know, the average age of the Pistons. I wish I had it on paper. They they got to be one of the top three youngest teams in the league, but. Uh, real quick, just in terms of what you're probably going to see on the court, this is a team, Collins, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they're going to rely heavily on their athleticism. And I just kind of hope that translates to defense because I think Stewart and Duran are two athletic centers who are pretty good shot blockers and have a good, like I said, good nose for the basketball. I'm just not sure if the Pistons are going to be able to have like enough size there. But whatever. You've got Cade, Sadiq, and Killian. Three pretty solid perimeter defenders. I'm not too worried about that. Offensively, you play through Cade, blah, blah, blah. I went through it. Bogdanovich. Now, when the Pistons traded for this guy, we spent a, we spent a few minutes on him. He shoots seven threes a game. He hits it at a 40% clip. That is going to do Cade Cunningham and Killian Hayes and whoever's playing point wonders. So that guy, he's going to chuck. He's going to chuck. So all the, all the dads out there who don't want to watch these guys throw up, you know, teardrops from from 40 feet don't be upset when he does uh and and lastly I just think Cade is Cade needs to take a step as a leader and on the and I'm not saying he's a bad leader I'm just saying he needs to really like take control and be like dude I'm I'm fucking here I'm a top you know 15 player in the east I'm a top you know whatever I'm gonna average 27 and six and I think 20 points seven assists six rebounds I think that's attainable for him so um Vegas over under is 29 and a half wins. I think that's fair considering last season they only won 23 games. But again, I think given, look, to, to rattle it off real quick, Cade takes a step. Killian takes a step. Sadiq Bay stays steady. Uh, Stewart becomes playable offensively. He's been working on his three to at least make people respect it. I don't think it's going to be something they're running plays for. Uh, Ivy bursts onto the scene. You've got Duran. You trade for Bogdanovich. Like they've made moves in my opinion, to where they can improve by seven games. Absolutely. My magic number is 35 wins. I think the Pistons can get to 35 wins. They can compete for a top 10 spot in the East, which is what you want to see. If they get to 35 wins, they'll be in the plan. Well, last season it wasn't. Last season 35 wasn't. But I think I, I do think this season. I think the Hornets are in a stink too. So That's I the thing. Really... LaMelo's out for a while. So you you take advantage of some of these situations. And, and Collins, you're right. I I. I think 35 would get in this year. So we'll see. Yeah. But I just I'm I'm there, man. I think the team is watchable. Uh, I, I think more so than last season. Cade grows into his own. I think he could crack the all-star team. Guys are always hurt. They're always looking for guys to fill in. You know, like Darius Garland made it last year for crying out loud. I think Jared Allen made it last year. Like Yeah, they were good though. They were no, really I know. Good. I I understand. And the all-star game was in Cleveland, so they kind of gave them the nod. But I I, I think Cade. If he's close to, if he's 20 plus points, which I think he will be, you know, last year he went 17, five and five. So I've got him at 27 and six this year. I think he improves across the board. He, he has put on a little muscle, Greg Kelser said, and I trust Greg Kelser with my life. So there you go. There's your Pistons preview for the year from me, at least Collins. I want some more well, thoughts, but I, I want to say at 35, this, 35 wins. 
I, there's such a weird thing with this Pistons fan base that like has blind faith in Killian Hayes. I just don't get it. Yes, I want him to be good. I really do. I just don't see it. I'm sorry. I, I don't see him. I think it's blind faith in in a very particular role. I don't think it's blind faith for him to become like he's the seventh pick in the draft. I, and and you know what, Collins? To that point, you're exactly right because he is the seventh pick in the draft, and there is no excuse for him to 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 progress as little as uh, yeah. I'm and guess what? I I've said this. He can be. He's a guy. I actually think he'd be a really high level defender, and he just and but him coming out of France was basically like, hey, this guy's gonna be. Reminds me of D'Angelo Russell. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that was his comp. So, um, I don't know. I hope he puts it together this year. I think that gives him an added piece. I don't know if that works out. I don't think it is. I personally don't. I don't think he's any good. That's just my personal belief. Um, I don't know. Kane's at 235 now. If he's going to be a special, special franchise-defining player, it usually happens earlier than you think it's going to happen. And, and the thing that makes Cade special and the thing that is why people love Cade is because he just makes people better and he's a very inclusive player. So it's not going to be huge numbers. But if the Pistons are winning a ton this year, it's going to be product of Cade. It's, I like the other pieces on this roster, but Cade is the only guy who elevates other, other people. So... We'll see if Cade is. I'm not. I'm not saying if he doesn't like make a huge, massive step, doesn't make the All Star team. He's not a franchise. But I'm saying if you want to see if they have like a guy, guy, like a guy who could possibly be a top ten player in the league, it usually happens earlier than you expect. It just does. If you look at the history of the NBA, that's what happens. So I hope he takes a massive step and surprises a lot of people. Very good take, Collins, the big star of this podcast. I Okay, last question, I, and I want from both of you. And I guess this is a good segue into our gambling stuff to end the show, but do you guys have the over-under on 29 and a half? What's, what's the deal? I actually think they're going to hit the over. I think there's going to be a lot of teams pending. Like, if they stay healthy, I think they're going to beat up on the shitty teams in the East and the West. Yes, I think so too. Like like Rab said, I think, I think like the Red Wings and the Pistons are in similar spots in their rebuild in that. And that I think the Red Wings are like legit. The way I've looked, well, the, at the, the Red Wings are ahead, no doubt. I'm just saying yeah. the, the the Pistons are not. They should beat the Magic, the the you know the the Wizards, the Spurs more times than not. That's all I'm saying. I also think um, last point about the Pistons, I think Sadiq Bay is gonna have a much better year. I don't think he. Let's go. The, I mean, the beginning of the year last year, he struggled to shoot the basketball. Yeah, well, he well, he was the only shooter on the literally the only shooter on the team last year. No, so. I know. I'm just saying. But he, yeah, I yeah, I think he felt. I think impressed. last year is more of a fluky year than a product of what's going to be the rest of his career. So that's my last point. Um, to answer your question, Trent, I, I'm actually I hate to say it, I'm going to take the under. I and I don't think it's going to be I don't think it's going to be by that big of a margin, but. I don't really buy that this team is all that deep. And I also, there's a certain part of me that thinks that like, as Colin said, they're going to make a judgment call pretty quickly based on how this season goes as to whether or not they're going to just completely take their foot off the gas and just try to tank one more time and get another piece. And I, and I truly like, I, I really haven't seen anything 
and I get it because it's, it was the same thing with Jeff Blaschel on the wings. It's a rebuilding team. It's a young roster. I don't know that Dwayne Casey has done much of anything to make me be like, this guy's helping this team improve. Like he's developing this. Like I, I would like to see more out of Killian Hayes. I don't necessarily know if Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bay got all that much better last year, but I, I just, I think they'll be close to it. I just, I don't see them winning 30 games. I just, I just don't. And I don't, I, think I don't they very easily win 30 games. They stay healthy. Well, that's Bob Donovich is like legit pretty good too. He's a good also, player. Yeah, he is. And he's, he's very experienced. I guess what I'm saying is, as I'm now getting the 10 minute warning from zoom. So we should move into mortal locks. Um, I guess all I'm saying is that like it, when we reach the fork in the road, Ravs is just betting on, Hey, there might be some injuries or they're not gonna, they're just not gonna respond to Casey's on the outs, whatever. And, and you know what, that's on the table hundred percent. Like it's not, and if they do win 30 games, it's not like that's good. You know what I mean? That's not, <laughs> that's still 20 games under 500. So what, whatever. All right, we can move on. Again, Pistons start their season tomorrow at Little Caesars Arena. Um, let's do uh, some Lions here to end. We'll do our picks. We'll do the mortal locks here. Um, Lions are back off the bye week at the Cowboys on Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff from Dallas. Um, quick thoughts by from anyone. I guess we can wrap it in right to the picks. Um, the Lions are a seven-point underdog. The over-under is at 48. I guess I will start. I'm going to go look at our records real quick. Bear with me. Um, with the picks, Trent, you are seven and three. Collins, you are six and four. I am five and five. Um, I am going to take the under 48 here. Um, I think Dallas has a really tough defense. Um, I, I And Dak is not playing this week, correct? It's Cooper Rush oh, for he, one more no, week. Dak's, Dak's starting. Pick the Lions, Rabs. Do it. Um, I am going to. I'm going to still take the under. I'm going to take the under 48. I'm going to take the Lions too. I, I, I mean, I know Dallas has a sweet defense. I'd like to think that the Lions, after coming off the bye week, can show some kind of fight. I don't know if they can win the game. I don't have a whole lot of thoughts. I'd like to think that Swift is playing. Can someone please tell me he's playing in this football game? Yes, he is. So Chark's expected back as well. Wonderful. Great. I'm taking the Lions. I'm taking the under. All right. I'll take the Lions and over. This is the best offensive line that Micah Parsons is going to see. Do I think he's going to be neutralized by any means? No, I just think they'll be able to keep him in check. I think the Lions cover seven because it's too much. If the Lions win, they still have a heartbeat. If they lose, the season's lost. So this is this is the line in the sand game for the Lions, Rabs, to use your analogy from Michigan State. So I'll, I'll take – I will take the Lions to cover. And I, I, I'm going to say they'll get a close win in Jerry World, but that's because I have to say that as as Trent Bailey. Um, I will and, – and, yeah. Okay, over. Lions and over. Collins. Uh, Dallas and the over. I think – the Lions' defense is terrible. I think Dak will have a big game. And Micah Parsons and this Dallas – it's not just Parsons. This Dallas defense just in general is terrifying. So, I don't know. I'm all, I'm off the Lions train of being actually a competent football team. So, hopefully they prove me wrong. It would be nice to have a, a Sunday where they actually prove me wrong. So, I don't know. All right, that settles it. Um, let's do the mortal locks before we end here. I don't know what the re- 
I don't know if I updated these records, but I have Trent at two and four, Collins at no, I did not because Collins lost his mortal lock for the first time ever. UNC should have covered the seven. They did not. So Collins moves to six and one. Trent, you had Kansas plus nine. Did they push on that or what happened there? Uh it ended up moving to ten, but uh Well, he had him at plus nine. I, I don't think, think I don't I don't think they covered. It was like they were losing. Yeah, no. I think they I, lost by ten. Okay, we will confirm on that, but we're gonna pencil Trent in at two and five. I am also two and five. I have been like I I I don't I mean NC State plus three and a half. I bet a money line and they they got smoked. Their quarterback so didn't play, so which was stupid by me. I I've learned that after I gave out the mortal lock that he was not playing. So tough sledding. Um, I stink. I'll start. I bet the Packers beyond heavy in the Jets game last week. They pulled my pants down and had their way with me. I am going right back to the well. I am taking the Packers minus five and a half on the road against the commanders with no Carson Wentz. That team is awful. Really bad. I don't hate that. Really, really bad. And I'll tell you what, I don't mean to spoil it. There are a lot of like weird rat lines. Like the Jags are a three point favorite at home against the giants. Doesn't make sense. Denver's a one point favorite at home against the jets. I got that one. That's mine. Can I give it? Can I, I I got it. I got the Jets though. Oh, I'm not, I'm I'm off the Broncos. Russell Wilson. That is a terrifying, terrifying line though, Trent, because it makes no sense. Yes, it does. The Jets are four and two. Or, or no, I guess I get what you're saying. I the reason I how, have yeah, how the fuck are they a one point underdog? Oh, no, so game? I I get what you're saying now. The reason I have it as a lock is because the Jets are four and two. They haven't lost a game since Zach Wilson's looked you know somewhat like healthy. Does. Like I, dude, we at what point can we just say Russell Wilson sucks? Like we're we're half we're almost halfway through I it was really weird. I listen to Simmons a lot, and he like legit every national or like Seattle guy he had on the podcast is like they're just not, not he's just not the same guy. And like this year, I've watched him. They've had so many national TV games. I'm like, oh, they just he's just not good anymore. Yeah. So give me the Jets. Collins, you can give your pick. I, I don't want to spend too much time, but I got the Jets plus one and a half and mile high. Give me the Jets. Uh, hey, give me Wisconsin. Wisconsin minus, I, there, I, I see minus one, Trent. The the Jets are plus one and a half in my sports book. Really? Not my, not my sports book. The Barstool sports Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll give you plus one and a half. I'm sorry. I look at the, I'm looking at Denver. I'll give you plus one and a half. Yeah, I got J-E-T-S. Give me the Jets. All right, sorry, Collins. You got Wisconsin? Wisconsin minus two and a half. Purdue has not beaten Wisconsin in 17 years in football. And okay, I like it. And this is a very sucker line. They want you to take Purdue. I still think Purdue's going to win the West in the Big Ten. I just legit, I think this is a really bad matchup for Purdue. And if you watch Purdue last week, their defense can't cover fucking anyone. So I think Wisconsin's going to be able to score some points. And I think Wisconsin's defense is actually pretty good. I do. Like, I actually think that's a pretty good group. Um, And it's kind of like a get-right game. I Like, I think this team is going to start playing for Jim Leonard. Because if they don't, I mean, Lance Leopold will be the next coach of Wisconsin. And I think 100%. the whole plan of firing Paul Chris was to make Jim Leonard the head coach of the future. So, that is my logic. Minus two and a half? Yep. All right. Those are your mortal human locks of the week. 
Um, I would probably not advise betting my mortal lock. And if you are going to bet, bet responsibly. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a problem. Thank you very much. All right, guys, we got a lot done today. Um, exciting times here. Fall is upon us. We've got a lot of football left to play here. Um, the Lions are back. The Hopefully they win the so we don't just have to talk about the draft. Yeah, that's true. Line in the sand. Line in the sand for the Lions this week. Um, but that's all for us today on the Motown Rundown for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, join the conversation with us on Twitter at Motown underscore Rundown. We are also on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Do not miss a single episode of the show. We are exclusively on Spotify for the time being. Uh, give us a follow. You can hit the bell so you're notified anytime we release an episode. If you want to rate us five stars, we'd appreciate it. If not, just keep your thoughts to yourself. That's totally fine, too. Thank you guys for listening. We love you guys. We'll talk to you next week.